A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Hey, Shelby. Hey, Ashley. Guess what? What? We're back with another episode <laughs> of Swiftish. It's one, two, our twelfth episode. That's a big. That's a big number because it's our second season. I know. And our second year of podcasting. Oh, and we totally forgot to I do know. anything about it. <laughs> I know it just flew past us. It really did. Which is crazy because our first episode, we released it like I think September 9th of twenty. 17 which is so long ago and i like listened to it a little snippet oh no so like our audio is meant that we obviously didn't have our intro sound yet we were just like recording on our computer it's so cute it's really something else really babies i know and we really didn't have like a set of what we were doing, mm-hmm. any rules. We were just kind of like doing what we wanted. <laughs> just and two band girls. <laughs> I know, with no prior history or experience in podcasting. Yeah. And then here we are. Here we are, I know. years later, you guys. So those who have, uh, you know, stuck around since the beginning and the new listeners, thank mm-hmm. you so much. Yeah. I love interacting with people on social media, especially on Instagram. <laughs> when... I follow people, and I don't think it's a big deal. I'm like, oh, they're following us. I'm going to follow them, or I like this, I like that. And then they freak out. Yeah. And they, like, share on their story, like, oh, my gosh, Swiftish is following me. I'm fangirling. <laughs> I know. It's surreal. And even on Twitter when people are like, even this week, um, at SwiftyFam messaged us on Twitter to say that she had done some promotion for oh us by screaming out the window in Canada, which is exactly the energy we need. While she was listening to Swiftish, you guys, <laughs> yeah. she saw someone wearing, you know, lover merch and she rolled down the window and she was like, listen to Swiftish! <laughs> that is hashtag goals right there. Yeah, she's getting hashtag Swiftish. That is what's going on. And, you know, I think we kind of have a little pump in our step because this was on August 22nd, so two or three weeks ago. But if anyone noticed, yes. if anyone was following us, an article in L came out. Mm-hmm. And who was featured in it? Oh, just little old Swiftish gals. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I, first of all, I read it, and the first thing I saw was Lauren Lipman was the first person and she's kind of a big deal yeah and I didn't know how you guys we didn't know how we were going to be featured in this article at all you know staff writer uh, she like reached out to us wanted to interview us and we're like yeah and you know we, we spent I think like 45 minutes on the phone with her and we could have talked for like two hours because <laughs> yeah. we were just talking about Taylor Swift and our love of Taylor we didn't know where she was going with it we didn't know if it was going to be Highlighted in a good way, a bad way, a crazy way. <laughs> and a little bit of both. A little oh, bit of everything. <laughs> a little bit of everything. So Lauren Lipman opened it and we closed oh, it. Yes, 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 so yes. now I feel like we have a special bond with this woman we do not know. <laughs> yeah, one day. One day, you guys. Uh, no, I mean, it was so exciting. It's like not been on my bucket list exactly to be featured in an L article, but it was surreal to like read our names. I know. It was like... Shelby Boyer and Ashley Hancock of Swiftish. And I was like, that's me. 
So it's kind of a little fun little pep in our step. And yes. if any of you guys haven't read that article, her name is Madison Fuller. Just go to L. I think you can just Google Taylor Swift's <laughs> fans cannot calm down yeah. and read it there. It's awesome. Shout out to Madison over there. Mm-hmm. She's a Swifty at heart. Yeah. I just love her. Yes. And um, you might have noticed what? there's a new design for oh Swiftish. Which yep. is um, currently, as we're recording, this is a little magic behind the scenes stuff. We haven't technically picked out our new logo. Um, but by the time this episode airs, we're going to have a new one. And I think we're going to be asking you guys oh, to yeah. vote on it. Yeah. So <laughs> so this is the moment of truth. Either you love it or you hate it. But it's there. No going back. <laughs> yeah. But we're excited about it because, mm-hmm. like we said, when we first started this podcast, we kind of just threw everything together. Mm-hmm. And Shelby made that really, really great logo, really mm-hmm. great design. It didn't look thrown together. Oh, but she's you. been spending some more time on designing um, our Yeah, our it turns out copyright is a thing, and I didn't actually have <laughs> approval to use that photo, so we had to move on to a new chapter, yeah. you know? And that's okay, because that just means growth, and it means that we get to, yeah, rebrand a little bit, which is always exciting. Yeah, and you know, we really do like feedback. Like, recently mm-hmm. we got some feedback that, I interrupt Shelby too much. <laughs> no, I feel like I interrupt you. I'm just like too talky-talky. This is what I think happened. <laughs> we tested out recording remotely, and I feel like during that time, I was interrupting you because I didn't know when to pop in. Yeah, it's a difficult. Yeah, and it's a two-way conversation, so sometimes we will speak over. Sometimes I talk a lot. But I like getting that construction feedback. Um, you know, sometimes we don't think about the whole picture, mm-hmm. so it's great. And mm-hmm. we do have some really good reviews. Okay, so one of the really sweet reviews we got was on July 9th, and she said, this is the best Taylor Swift podcast ever. Ashley and Shelby are so amazing, and they really know their facts. I love their decoding videos and how well they work together. This is the only Taylor Swift podcast that's kept me up to date on all the lover era. Yes. Yeah, so if you have any constructive feedback, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, well, plus we have like 88 reviews on iTunes, which is so great, but I think it is our goal this year to get to 100. <laughs> so definitely take some time, go to Apple Podcasts on your phone or iTunes on your computer and find us, scroll down, and you can write a review and leave some starred reviews as well, letting us know what you think. Um, typically five stars. Yeah, five stars is preferred if mm-hmm. we're being honest. I know. <laughs> That's just us. Yes, but we're definitely going to try and make a more... Um, we want to share what you guys are thinking, what you guys are saying. So if you do leave a review, chances are we'll be reading it on air Mm -hmm. because, you know, love is love is love. (laughs) Love, 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 love it. But I think it's time we get to the meat of the episode. We are ready to taste-blain it out. Ooh, and there is one interesting thing to (laughs) taste-blain to get today, you guys. Okay, so the news of the week... Yes. Well, one of, there's lots of news of Always the week. news. Mm-hmm. But Lover was dethroned on the Billboard 100. The number one <laughs> spot. Went away. By, yeah. by a band called Tool? Yeah. Do you know who they are? I am, um, no, but, so this all was happening while my husband and I were on vacation this last weekend. We were in D.C. And, um, 
I mean, my husband is a Swifty as far as being married to someone like me <laughs> forces him to be. But his friends, you know, aren't really at the same level as we are, yeah. you know, considering our demographic and age and whatever. Um, and his friend was a big Tool fan in high school or whatever. And so when Rob got a message from him, like, being like, oh, Taylor Swift's about to be dethroned, Rob, my husband, was just gleeful about it. He was just like, (laughs) he thought it was the funniest thing and just updated me all weekend about the memes and the tweets and the stats. And so I know a lot more about Tool now than I ever, ever, ever thought I would because I'd never heard of them before. So they were really big in like, I think like the the mid to late 90s (laughs) and early 2000s. You guys, it's this is, I looked them up because I don't, I was in middle school, the late, ni- like, 90s and the early 2000s. You I'm listening to Rage Rock. And- you know, I am aging myself right now, you guys. I do not remember them. And if they're not a band where I listen to their, their top songs. And I was like, oh, I remember that on the radio. Oh. None of this. I don't remember any of this on the radio. Are they mainstream? I think they're pretty... No, Yelly, they are right? they are a style transcending act and part of a progressive rock psychedelic <laughs> or, and art rock. They haven't like I I don't they're not my cup of tea. But apparently, <laughs> that's one way to put it. They are a lot of people's cup of tea because they they haven't released an album in thirteen right. years. Yeah, and they dethroned Lover. I think that's part of it though. Is it's like they haven't done anything in over a decade and so any fan any casual listener was like it was an event you know Mm -hmm. it was a big moment for them to come back and share their um vocals with the world yet again (laughs) free and oculum that's the name of the album and when you look at the songs some of the songs are like 10 minutes long 12 minutes (laughs) long 14 minutes long it's a really in-depth in-depth like album but they've also did something that was really interesting you guys (laughs) They, so, they released their lovely CD, so you could buy it. If you guys want to stream it, you guys can stream it. It's a digital download. You can go check it out. But for their their CD, they had like mm-hmm. a, kind of like what Taylor had, like their special CD, 50 bucks. <laughs> I mean, Taylor doesn't own the idea of a deluxe Oh, no, album. no, no. She does not, but they like... They kind of did that too. And it was, when I'm talking about Deluxe, it was a $50 CD. It had a, a four-inch HD screen and speaker designed to play, like, the exclusive video clips. There's an idea. And, Taylor should do that. And I'm sure that these people <laughs> went out, these these fans went out and bought it because it's they haven't heard from this band in so long and they just wanted to, you know, the videos, eclipse, like, so many artists do that. And I feel like... A lot of artists are getting away from doing that, but people like Tool and Taylor Swift, they want to keep their fans <laughs> engaged, especially after 13 years. Yeah. And if any band is going to dethrone Taylor after 13 years is the perfect number, <laughs> right? That's true, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And then there was that tweet that the main uh, member, his name's Maynard Richard Keenan, he shared a like a, a tweet of a meme of Taylor Swift and showed him as Thanos, and Taylor Swift was, like, in the dust because of the Infinity <laughs> Gauntlet. Snapped. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty funny. I think I this is also what my husband shared was a lot of a lot of young Swifties were very upset about this mm-hmm. dethroning, um, and they were, like, attacking Tool fans, which is kind of funny to picture as these little 
tweens, they tend to be tweens attacking these grown men who, like, are just excited to hear an album, you know, from there. Yeah, so they're probably... <laughs> and they were just like, wait, who are these? What's happening? Like, they didn't care about Taylor. They don't care about the numbers. They don't... They're not like, oh, everyone get on and, and stream Tool, like, over and over. They just were excited about their about their new album. And so I think um, the band was just having a little fun with that, too. Because did they anticipate dethroning Taylor Swift? Probably not ever in their lives. <laughs> no, and the the tweet was really funny. It wasn't like he yeah. was trying to, like, attack Swifties. <laughs> I think he was just playing along with it. I would love to see what Taylor would have to say to that. Because she can be that quirky, like, funny, snarky, sarcastic person. Yeah. So it would be funny to get here, like, a, a clap back. But not in, like, a... She probably just sent them flowers. Yeah. Or... <laughs> like, congratulations. Yeah, you did it. But yeah, no, it's pretty funny. I, it'll be interesting to see how Lover um, plays out in the coming months and weeks because Taylor's kind of gone quiet. Like, she announced Lover as a formal um, single mm-hmm. instead of releasing a new one, which we all sort of thought would be Cruel Summer because she's been hyping that up. Oh, yeah. Or The Man because she's been performing that one. But instead, it's just she just sent Lover to the radios um, and she's just been kind of quiet to a degree that's sort of unexpected for right off of a album release um so the latest she's thing she's done is this city of lover concert in paris Mm -hmm. which was on the 9th of september um and this we've heard about for a long time it's a private uh, event invite only um no tickets were sold it was basically through radio contests and um I don't know. Instagram, too. People were, like, either tweeting out the reason why they should go. And it just, a lot of people didn't know how to go. (laughs) Who should, how you're going to win. I think you had to go and nominate people Uh or, like, write on their Instagram post. And people had to go like it or comment on, like, all that. I I didn't understand it. I didn't really get into it because... Because it was so far away for us. So far away. I will go... State side for Taylor. <laughs> and maybe Ireland. And maybe Ireland, yeah. If it's already planned in the books. Well, what's wild, Ashley, is if you had just decided on a whim to buy a ticket to Paris, mm-hmm. you could have walked up to the concert hall day of, and chances are they would have just handed you a ticket. No. Yes, because Swifties were pretty mad, especially international Swifties, because it was kind of like nebulous how you got these tickets. Yeah. And it wasn't clear if they were sold out, if they were still giving them away. Um, but it turns out, like, some of the radio shows or whoever was organizing it kind of just forgot to hand out the what? tickets. And so people who just, like, randomly showed up or were walking outside of the venue were like, hey, you want to go to this? And so one fan, I think, was just like, you know what? I'm going to drive out there, like, five hours. I'm just going to be there just in case. And she was just like shocked to realize oh wait they're giving me a ticket to the show Mm -mm. and now I get to watch this concert so (laughs) well someone was tweeting about how there was like a really popular German youtuber who got free tickets and Mm. they're like this person's not even a Swifty doesn't even like Taylor Swift like why are they here how are they here and I was thinking maybe that was more promotional like maybe they handpicked the people to go but it doesn't sound like it Yeah, I know. It was sort of like a hot mess, which a lot of events are these days. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily... I totally believe that Taylor or whoever was running the concert would be happy to have someone with a big following who's not a technical Swifty there. Because it's like, it's not just stands Mm -hmm. who enjoy Taylor Swift or enjoy concerts or would enjoy that event. From what I 
gathered, you know, there was a lot of tweets going on, was that this person wasn't even really a fan of Taylor. (laughs) He was a hater. Yes. And I don't know the full story, but that's what I gathered from the tweet. And I was like, what? Yeah, people were in their feelings about this. But, like, there were people who were, like, an hour or 30. Mm -hmm. They were, like, within less than an hour trip. They could have gone on the train. They could have, like, drove out there. And they could have been at the venue. And they were like, if I would have known, I would have been there. (laughs) Yeah. I know. So it's Mm. frustrating. Um because Taylor says she wants to do more for her inter- international mm-hmm, fans. Mm-hmm. She's giving more opportunities, but... But it's not really... Someone's not following through. Because, yes. yeah, it would have been a great opportunity for Taylor Nation to step in and be like, Hey, international fan, go to this event. Like, mm-hmm. here's a ticket. But it's not clear, like, who was actually responsible for the tickets. Like, who had the authority to share those? Like the whatever. Amazon Prime. Right. Where it was all ran kind of by Amazon and by, like, the mm-hmm. the radio stations. Mm-hmm. And it was really hard to even, like, think of how you were going to get a ticket. <laughs> yeah. But at least you knew that there were so many of your, like, your mutual people who like Taylor were there. Yeah. Who knows? But this seemed like a fun time. I know. It was so intimate. Yeah. And it was just really kind of um, different uh-huh. than Reputation. Because with oh, Reputation, yeah, yeah, yeah. we had, like, it was just pyrotechnics yeah dancing and snakes and so many things going on um and it was just something that you know it was kind of like just ripped down to it's like the bare necessities Mm -hmm. you had a screen in the back and it like had like colorful like flowers every now and then but there wasn't anything really drawing away from taylor it kind of reminded me of what she said when she talked to ryan seacrest how she said that she's trying to strip stuff down make it feel more intimate kind of like you're like on your couch and watching it i know it's just so interesting i'm kind of torn about it because like yeah i love the acoustic stuff Mm -hmm. i love like watching her just at the piano or on a guitar but I also had such a fun time at, like, every stadium tour and just Mm -hmm. seeing the craziness. And obviously this isn't, like, quote-unquote her tour, and so we'll see how that shakes out. But it is sort of, like, interesting to picture if this was the only Taylor we would get going Mm -hmm. forward, you know, as far as performances this era go. Yeah, I mean, I see that, but we also have to think about when she was doing the promotional tour for Reputation. Right. She was going to all those Christmas... Um, yeah. shows and there wasn't a right. lot I feel like when you're going from like inter like you know not from stadium to stadium stadium you're gonna have all your stuff with you mm-hmm. when you're just going to like a random venue random venue you're not gonna have like a big shebang going on so I think we're fine because we've had a lot of when she was doing me you had her on that like the the ski slope yeah sit whatever they were sitting on so I think I think that's gonna be she still likes the performance I, she loves she loves the glitter she mm. likes the glam she likes dressing up she, she likes shiny things but <laughs> she mentioned paper rings, so yeah. who knows? But the set list, you guys. Yeah. When I saw the set list and I saw people tweeting about it, it just, everything just kind of like made me want to be there. There was mm-hmm. me, blank space. I knew you me? were in trouble. That was a, you wanted to be there for that? Is that? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just, me, I wanted to. No, I'm just telling what the set list is. Um, the Archer, Love Story, Delicate. Death by a Thousand Cuts. She has not played Death by a Thousand Cuts. Mm-hmm. It's her first time. And then Cornelia Street, The Man, first time she played that. Wish I could have been there. All Too Well, Red. 
Mm-hmm. I love Red. I wasn't able to go to that freaking concert, the tour, and so mm-hmm. the fact that she's like playing all these older songs from Red makes me feel like maybe I'll have a chance to possibly oh, yeah. hear her perform a song I haven't. Well, plus like Red and so Red, she played directly in the daylight because yeah. there's a lyrical there overlap. Is. What's there. that lyrical overlap? Well, she used to think love was burning red, but now she knows it's daylight. (laughs) Sweet, sweet. But what's interesting is, like, half of this playlist was just acoustic. So I think, like, I can't remember where it started being acoustic. I think it started being acoustic maybe by... I know Death by a Thousand Cuts was just on the guitar. So this is the problem, you guys. There are no videos. I know! (laughs) They have taken down all all of the videos. It's very upsetting to me. It's very upsetting. So that's why we don't really have a lot of information. (laughs) Yeah. I think maybe after Death by a Thousand Cuts, everything kind of just is going into just her acoustic because someone was talking about, I think it was Cornelia Street of how it would just like kind of strip down and Mm -hmm. it wasn't as poppy and people loved it. So it was just really interesting and you know, she, um, of course she did style, you need to calm down, lover, and then she ended it off with a fan favorite, Shake It Off. I love Shake It Off. Yeah. Everyone needs to stop complaining about it, okay? <laughs> Everyone loves to hate it and loves to secretly love it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a bop, okay? It's a perfect closer. Um, 1989 taught us that. But I, what song would you have wanted to be there for most? Was it Red? Okay. Everything from Death 2000 Cuts <laughs> to Red. That's the, that's what I would have wanted that's to hear. That's what you want. You can yeah. never get tired of All Too Well. Oh, yeah, for sure. Never. I know. She doesn't, for and sure. Especially All Too Well into Red. Uh-huh. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So what, what song would you have wanted to hear the most? I think I'd be most, I would have been most into the new stuff, like just hearing mm-hmm. it acoustic. So the Death by a Thousand Cuts, Cornelia Street, and The Man. Mm-hmm. I'd be really curious to like hear that all. Daylight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Daylight too. I'm less into like, I don't know. I'm curious about how the red Daylight, I know it wasn't a total mashup, but I heard, and this is all hearsay, so maybe I'm just making a fool of myself, but I heard they sort of, she blended them together. Yeah. There's like kind of a, a mashup, if yeah. you will. So, I don't know how that shook out, but... I hear there are a lot of parallels if you look into... Well, I've also seen it. Red and Lover. Mm -hmm. Because they're both two different sides of a love story. Of, like, Mm -hmm. one that kind of, like... um, like 500 Days of Summer at the very end of that movie, which you guys, I love it. I feel like <laughs> Taylor Swift would love 500 Days of Summer if she hadn't watched it. But at the yeah. very end of the movie, there is a split screen how something could have worked right. out and how something worked out. And it kind of reminds me of that, like the red side was like that heartbreak. And then, oh, yeah. you know, the lover side is how, you know, the two main protagonists in this movie like get together and mm-hmm. how they kind of like see it in the end. And I... I re- really live in for a lot of the red yeah. culture because she's been playing a, a lot of the red stuff she hasn't played, played in the oh, past. Oh, for sure. So I think, I think we're going to get a lot of red this yeah. era. Yeah, I think she's, I know, it's interesting to think about what inspires her to like revisit what because she said during Reputation Tour that it was like all the fans being like, oh, you've never played this, play this song from like Fearless and debut and she's like well I haven't thought about that song in 10 years Mm -hmm. and so I think there is like nostalgia that comes naturally when you're happy and like settled and you know this whole era like with her journals and stuff I'm sure she's just been revisiting a lot of 
career highs and lows and thinking about her favorite lyrics that she's ever done and and emphasizing those again. So I'm grateful for the love Holy Ground has gotten. Yeah. And now she's recognizing Red. So... It's because she's in love mm-hmm. and she can look fondly onto her heartbreaks because yeah. <laughs> they have led her to Joe. Yeah. Now they can stand taller and be brighter <laughs> because of their exes and their yeah. falls. And she looked gorgeous. Oh my gosh, she did. She's she wearing black, great. which was really interesting because she's been wearing really colorful mm-hmm. throughout all of all the other performances, but she kind of just stripped it down. She was mm. just wearing black. She looked good. It was good. <laughs> I liked it. It was like a shirt, dress, tie, skirt thing. Mm-hmm. It looked so cool. I oh, was yeah. like, oh, I want to wear that, but I've never looked that great. <laughs> yeah, my short little legs would have <laughs> done some stuff. Yeah. The next, so I'm just wondering if she's going to be doing more of this promotional tours mm-hmm. because at the beginning of this week, we also heard she was going to Japan. Yes, which was a source of Swifty drama because I don't know if she said this or if um, like a news site that reported it said this, but they were like, oh, she's going on a, she's going on in a tour through Asia, like a promotional a promo- tour mm-hmm. through Asia. And so people were stoked, you know, because Asia is a pretty big space on the globe. Ooh, yes. Um, and people are like, oh my gosh, is she finally going to come to, like, India? And then it was like, no, she's just doing Japan. So <laughs> people need to be careful and, like, think before they tweet, you yeah. know? <laughs> because a lot of high, high hopes were squashed yes. down. And I wonder... Is this going to be the same thing as when it, as Paris? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be invite only? Are people going to be able to buy tickets to it? Are there? Should I fly to Japan that day, hoping I can get in? <laughs> yes. I mean, is that the next thing <laughs> for I the want? podcast? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that is it is interesting. Like, why she's doing these invite only? Like, like it's just like, is that her choice? Like. Is it, why do it if not to invite specific people, you know? Because, um, I don't know, like, it makes sense. Secret Sessions, for instance, that's invite only because she has people in mind that she wants to have there for sure. And then Amazon Prime, you're like, oh, well, Amazon's just throwing this concert and she happens to be headlining. So, of course, they'll control that and it's not a ticketable thing. But now that she's doing these promotional concerts, like the one in City of Lover, mm-hmm. which was also, which was kind of random anyways. I don't know who was hosting it. Yeah. It was just like, Taylor Swift wanted to do a small concert. Mm-hmm. And so now, like, is that her shtick now? Like, just know. doing these private concerts that are very difficult to get into. And who's footing the bill? Yeah. Is she footing the bill? Exactly. Is someone else footing the bill? Questions, what? questions. Taylor, come on our podcast. <laughs> answer these Explain questions. Explain the situation. Because it is like, I mean, it's great if you're in Japan and you win a ticket to see this cool 10 song set of Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift alone. But it's just like, what are the optics on it? Like, that's what I'm wondering. It's like, is she going to do this extensively? Is she like gunning for the Super Bowl? Like, what is the angle here? So the Super Bowl is very interesting because now that there are about three contenders mm-hmm. that people have been hearing about. Shakira, Taylor, oh. and J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shakira has been talking a little bit, you know, there's rumors that she's she's been meeting with them and she has like some, she's being sponsored by the NFL or some subsidy of the NFL. Of course, right. Taylor 
promoing. They're promoing her video. And then there's also rumors that J-Lo's in talks, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe J-Lo and Taylor will team up, because we've seen that before. You know, artists team up and go on the show. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen there. But, you know, we're always eager. It's going to be in Miami. <laughs> it's going to be in yeah. February, so it should be warmer. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. <laughs> You're you're going to that oh. one stateside for sure because Taylor Nation's going to invite me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes, of course, of course. I mean, there's so much to kind of. There's so little information, but it seems like there's so much that's going to happen this year that it's sort of like weird to kind of trace Taylor from from Paris to now Japan. She's going to Australia, mm. which we'll talk about maybe towards the end of the episode if it comes up, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, I'm also I don't know what her end game is because mm-hmm. usually when artists are promoting their album, they go to the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Mm-hmm. I was keeping an eye out on the lineup and they finally, you know, they told us who the lineup was in I think July. And, or maybe even earlier than that, and I was like, I'm going to go because I'm sure Taylor's going to be there. And she wasn't on the set list, so I'm not going. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, like, what is she doing? So, for Reputation, she did all those little Christmas right. shows. Yeah. And now, she's going it's going abroad, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm not complaining about because we've had oh, her really yeah. near and dear to our hearts. Uh-huh. And I do think it's time for the Swifties internationally to get some love. Yeah. It's just how... <laughs> Tell them how they can get there. Yeah, just go them, to Japan. <laughs> give them more information, please, and thank you, but don't forget they exist. Oh, the perfect segue. Beautifully done. <laughs> thank you. Yes, because this week, obviously, it's a big deal for us. We have a new look. We're going for a new vibe, but also we're getting into the new album, like track by track. No more singles, no mm-hmm. more promotional singles. Mm-hmm. We are going into yes. number one, you guys. Yes, we're doing a deep dive into I Forgot That You Existed. I F T Y E. Another acronym to learn. Yes. But I Forgot That You Existed. Obviously, this is the leading track off of Lover. Um, it was co-written and produced with some new collaborators for her, Louis Bell and Frank Dukes, who she knew from their work with Camila Cabello. They did Havana and some of her other songs. And so she said she was excited to work with them. Um, but she also said in like her Secret Sessions video and also on the Spotify that she wanted to be sure, or not on the Spotify, on the, um, on the deluxe track, the, the behind the scenes. You've listened to that? Oh, yeah. I have the CDs. I don't have a CD player. Not even in your car? No. Not oh, even no. in my car. So I haven't what? listened to the memos. Oh, well, it was great. I mean, it's very reminiscent of her other memos, but always a, always a delight to mm-hmm. see that side of her and how that creative element works. But she said in there that she wanted to go in with an idea that was pretty much all there, and she wanted it to be very simple, just like the emotion of indifference is. So... Did it work? Like, how is this song? <laughs> how are you a fan? First I of all, I like it. Oh yeah, because it was like when you first put it, you know, the earbuds in or mm-hmm. the, put it on for the first time hearing. It kind of introduces you to, you know, what this album's gonna be about. Mm-hmm. You have the snapping. You have like the the light little the giggling. Yeah. You, you know, it's it's a song that she's not taking too seriously, mm-hmm. but it's not like me where it's just like 
too much. Yeah. <laughs> and what I like about it is that you kind of parallel that with Ready For It. The dun, dun, dun. Really right. heavy. Really just, like, gets you in the, like, okay, am I ready for this? Like, what's going on? But this yeah. is light and fluffy. And oh, for sure. Not too much, not too little. It sets mm. the tone. Especially coming out of reputation. Exactly. I think it's the perfect, like, segue. It's like that image of the snake turning into the butterflies. Like, it's a little snarky, a little edgy, but ultimately it's just like you wake up in a field of flowers and you're like, oh, life is all sunshine and butterflies. Mm. I love how you turned, how you brought the the butter, the snake into butterfly. <laughs> like, that alone is just a perfect metaphor mm-hmm. of this song, mm-hmm. of the introduction to it, and mm-hmm. it's kind of a little Easter egg that we didn't know was there. Yes! Yeah, uh, you. But, I mean, this is a, this is the big, juicy song, I guess, in a way. Like, obviously, from the title, people were expecting a diss track. There's been a lot of talk about who this song is about, mm. headlines about Carly, Kanye, Kim, Calvin, Calvin lots of hard K's and C's in there. But um, Taylor Swift has sort of spilled the beans on this song, and so I think we owe our listeners some of that history to kind of set the t- set the tone for like this song, why it's here, what it's coming from. Obviously, um, we know the history that she's talking about. This is about the um, this is the segue from Reputation to Lover, and Reputation was all about the fallout of 2016. Mm-hmm. And in her voice memo, um, she said that she had this idea and she wanted it to be a fun way to open the album to kind of shrug off all the things that she's been through that have caused a lot of struggle and pain and that she just woke up one day and realized that, oh, you're just indifferent to whatever caused you that pain. And then on top of that, in the store, on the Spotify storyline, which you can see when you're kind of like listening to the song, these little text bubbles come up from her. And she said she wanted this song to bring us out of the rep era. And so it's meant to close the book on rep and resolving that whole conflict with a shrug. And then she really has shared a lot with this um, background because in the secret sessions that iHeartRadio released, um, she talks about that more and kind of how reputation was just a response to this era in her life where she felt really guarded. She felt like um, she had to go through this grieving process and she was in the throes of angst and anger and and denial and all of this, which you hear throughout Reputation. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then she said that while Reputation was kind of like throwing a funeral for something that maybe wasn't even that good for you in the first place, she got this idea for the first song where she wanted to complete that cycle of grieving. So I think, like, you know, we should talk a little bit about what exactly she was grieving and, like, what this song was maybe referencing because I think that'll help as we get into the lyrics. And that's the question of the hour. Mm -hmm. What is this song referencing? (laughs) We've had people come out, like you said, Carly, Kimye, you have Calvin. There are a lot of people taking different sides. Oh, yeah, for sure. What? (laughs) It's really interesting. I mean, I think the 2016... Um, fallout is sort of has become unfortunately or fortunately sort of this defining moment in Taylor's career it's what she's most known for right now Um, and it all started you know 
at the early 2016, she was facing some overexposure. She'd been winning a lot of awards. She'd been posting a lot of Instagrams, showing up to awards with a lot of girls. And it was just like, Taylor, 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 Taylor. And the tides were starting to turn against her. You could kind of feel it. Um, then on top of that, you have the Kanye Famous Gate, which all was about Kanye singing a song, I Made That Bitch Famous, and talking about, oh, she and her him might still have sex. And then Taylor was mad at that, made some statements about it. Kim was like, you're a liar. Kanye was like, you're a liar. And then they released the Snapchat videos, mm-hmm. which kind of showed Taylor on the phone with Kanye, talking about the song, giving one-line approval, not ever hearing the part about being a bitch. But that launched, like, the National Snake Day and the Taylor Swift is over party. Simultaneously, oh. during the summer... You had her breakup with Calvin Harris, her quick rebound with um, Tom Hiddleston, which inspired Calvin Harris to sort of go on this Twitter rant, outing Taylor Swift and saying that, oh, you're just looking for someone to burn now that you're off of tour, just like you did with Katie. So there's a lot of Twitter drama on that we end. We also had she kind of step up and took oh, yeah. claim of yes. her song. <laughs> So great. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of just like there's that so- song with Calvin Harris and Rihanna. Um, this is what you came for. Yes. I, I walked was, down the aisle to that song. I was thinking of the <laughs> acronyms in my head. So I, I was like, what is this song? So we also have that too. She's stepping up being like, nah, yes. this is me. Give me my credit. And mm-hmm. he was, was he mad about he that? Baby. Or is he mad about Taylor saying bit. bye to him? Yeah. <laughs> No, he's a baby. And then, of course, this was when shit hit the fan. All her friends, like, started dumping her, sort of distancing themselves, liking shady tweets, saying, like, oh, they never really knew her. They were just invited to walk the red carpet, blah, blah, blah. Justin Bieber and that Scooter Braun stuff went down with the Instagram post. Yeah, so in that Instagram post, it was Justin Bieber was FaceTiming with Scooter Braun. And Kanye. On Kanye. And and someone else. I think someone else was in it. I don't know who it was. Um, And then basically said... I think the caption was, what up, Taylor? Yeah. So bringing Taylor out right there. So you have that. There's all this stuff that's just kind of like, you know, just squeezing Taylor away. Yeah. It was a cruel summer. Yeah. (laughs) But um, we got Reputation last year, which sort of explored, or I guess two years ago, and it sort of explored all of these feelings. Um, You got all that anger and that frustration. She went full camp and snarky for songs like, I did something bad, and look what you made me do, and this is why we can't have nice things. But she also, like, started realizing she found a real relationship with Joe, um, and she talks about finding that in the midst of this drama in Delicate and King of My Heart and Call It What You Want. And then you also get her poems that show a lot of, like, her her inner battle with unpacking and dealing with this fallout and these grievances and the pain. Um, and so when Lover was announced, we were all kind of like, well, how is she going to transition? Like, mm-hmm. how is she going to go from rep to anything new? Answer for you. <laughs> yeah. Me. That's how. You just, like, just take shock. them out from, yeah. like, hot, hot water and throw them into, like, a freezing lake. That uh. is what you do. Oh, man. We might uh, disagree on that um, plan of action. But, yeah, I mean, it was effective. We totally forgot about the 
<laughs> reputation sound as we listen to the sugary sweetness of me. But I forgot that you existed has actually been a pretty well-received show. Oh, yeah. When I, I first heard it, I was like, oh, I bet all the bloggers will be mad that she's playing the victim again or something. But they were actually, like, very positive about it. I don't, because I don't think she's playing the victim mm-hmm. here. I know she's talking about how, oh, you just watched my rep go down, down, down. Yeah, but I'm over it. Mm-hmm. I, like, I didn't think it was, like, a diss track right. by any means. Mm, we'll see. Oh, no. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, Jezebel was, like, the best of what she does is in this vein of, is in this lane of vain, half-charming, annoying breakup songs. Mm. And so they kind of appreciated that there was this, about face where it was about recovery rather than victimization. Mm-hmm. Pitchfork says it's a hopscotch, a hopscotch rhythm set to a rhyme like you'd leave in your nemesis's yearbook if you were really being honest. <laughs> um, Riff magazine called it snappy, buoyant synth pop number. Cosmopolitans calls it a shady mood. Vulture described it as self-care as snark, saying... The best revenge is securing the inner peace required to make your naysayers worse sound ir- make your naysayers worse sound irrelevant than chuckling at the idea that they might still be out there somewhere seething while you get on with your life. <laughs> Which is perfect. And then the New York Post was said it's an insta classic breakup song, but is it? That's where I don't <laughs> think it's a breakup song. Yeah. But Taylor did like a post where someone um they posted, I can't wait to get this on iTunes to the dickhead who broke my heart. <laughs> and she liked it. She yeah. did. Well, that's because that's funny. I, yeah, it's funny. And she's liking <laughs> random stuff on Tumblr. But I don't think it's a, like, I don't think oh, it's yeah. a breakup track. I don't know if it's like a hardcore diss track either. Mm-hmm. I think you can like take it from all different angles and all yeah. different sides. I think it could be to your friend to an ex-friend it could be to an ex-lover it could be to that problem you had it could be to a job it could be but it's not I don't think it's a diss track it's more of a my life is better yeah I forgot you existed like I'm 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 over it Mm -hmm. yeah I know it's like very relatable very peppy you just want to sing it at everyone, about nothing, like it just fits a lot of different moods, mm-hmm. which I think is part of the genius of the song is it's like, yes, there's all these headlines about who it could possibly be about, but the overall sentiment is like she doesn't even care who it's about because she forgot that blank existed, you know? And so she can write this song that gives nods to different people, mm-hmm. leaves a lot of her listeners guessing about, oh, is this explicitly about this person, explicitly about this? But at the end of the day, she's like, I don't actually care. Doesn't like, shrug. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter who it's about. What matters is that she's over it. She's doing better. And there aren't, there's really not any more hate throughout Lover. Mm-hmm. And this is part of, like she said, this whole album is a letter to love. Mm-hmm. This is like a letter to that what she used to love, but how she's ready to move on. She's ready to grow up. She's ready to go with her lover. Because mm-hmm. you have to have closure before you can really truly get another relationship. Yeah. So this is the closure of an old relationship, an old flame. Anything that's ever broken your heart doesn't have to be like an intimate like relationship right. with like a significant other. No, I love that. And I love that she uses that imagery of the five stages of grief and sort of how she packed up so much in reputation. And then she realized like, oh, wait, 
I'm done. Like I've I've completed the grieving process and I'm just so ready to let go and mm-hmm. let God, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but let's get into this. Yes. I'm so excited about this song. Like I love it. I so just want to snap. Yes. There'll be a lot of head bopping. <laughs> I think I'm reading. Yeah. Um, so let's get into this. How many days did I spend thinking about how you did me wrong, wrong, wrong? Living, lived in the shade you were throwing till all my sunshine was gone, gone, gone. And I couldn't get away from ya, um, in my feelings more than drink, so yeah. Your name on my lips, tongue-tied, free rent living in my mind, but then something happened one magical night. So, lots to unpack here. Um, I mean, first of all, do you have someone that you think this is about, or do you just do you just feel it's more generic? Okay, so a lot of people are thinking that it's about Calvin. Mm-hmm. Someone, I think they tweeted or they put it on Tumblr. They actually literally didn't write one song about Calvin, and then went, <laughs> you know, well, I'll give you one. I named it. I forgot you existed, and you. Oh, it yeah. kind of reminds me too. You take us back to 2016. When he, like, lashed out on Taylor on Twitter after mm-hmm. their breakup because of this is why you can't have nice Baby. things. So he says in this, he says, I figure you're happy in your new relationship. You should focus on that instead of trying <laughs> to tear your ex-boyfriend down for something to do. So I kind of, like, think that's kind of a funny clapback if this is about Calvin. It's kind of like, oh, I forgot you existed. Like, right. I'm not trying to tear you down. I just... Who, Calvin yes, who? Who are yeah. you? Who are you doing? <laughs> Olive tree what? And I don't know if I think it's necessarily about one person in general. Mm-hmm. I think it's about the whole event yeah. of Taylor, you know, losing her American sweetheart title. Mm-hmm. I do think there's some, like, very specific lines, though, dedicated to very specific things. Like, but that's because there are very specific people who played a really big part oh, yeah, of her yeah, reputation yeah. going down. Oh, for sure. No, for sure. Like, I think about this opening line, like, thinking about how you did me wrong, wrong, wrong. Like, that just immediately reminded me of her interview recently where she was like, oh, yeah, I've had so many notes in my, like, drafted where I could exonerate myself, basically. Like, I had so many speeches I was going to, like, give about the facts of this, the facts of that, and I would have been, like, you would have seen the other side. And so we know that she was obsessed with, like, thinking about how Kim and Kanye Mm -hmm. did her wrong, wrong, wrong. And that was, like, what she was focused on. Like, even in her poem, Why She Disappeared, she talks about wanting revenge. Like, she says, she dreamed of time machines and revenge, and she became wary of phone calls and promises, which is very, you know, um, a nice nod to that um, Kanye phone call. And so I think it is interesting that she's, like, talking about specifically feeling that obsessive need to stew over, contemplate what went wrong, wondering where she could, like, correct things, wishing she could just shout from the rooftops, like, how wrong everyone was. And she's, like, talking, she pairs that with this image of living in the shade you were throwing till all my sunshine was gone. And so it does, like, sort of take over, right? It's, like, it... Um, eclipses everything else. Like, it's like she's so single-focused on that mm-hmm. snake imagery. She becomes obsessed with that, you know, oh, someone called me a bitch without my permission type thing. And that was her sole focus for so long. But I also love this, like, 
first of all, she loves the word shade, and I'm happy for her that oh, she's yeah. introduced that. I mean, she had a, a line, and this is why we can't have nice things, but I'm the, not the only friend you've lost lately, if yeah. only you weren't so shady. <laughs> and we talked about how we thought that that was mm-hmm. about Kanye oh, and yeah. about Kim. Yeah. So it just kind of like pulls you back into that direction yes. too and i like how like till all of my sunshine was gone 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 and how like you know it was gone it was which is basically reputation mm-hmm. right there everything was dark and dreary she went from you know being 1989 everything was sparkly and shiny and she was in the light she was in the public eye and then she retreated and, mm-hmm. and she's kind of like blaming them like you're like all the shade you you were throwing at me made me retreat mm-hmm. it made me go back into my snake hole i had to leave but provocative uh, little detail is um, in the Carly camp is that Taylor used to refer to Carly as a hundred percent sunshine, and so it's and Daisy, right? Isn't that like her? Well, they had like daisies in multiple photos, but like yeah, Taylor and... would always say like, "Oh, Carly is sun pure sunshine." Like if I had an emoji for Carly, it would be the sunburst. Like so it's a I can start to see where people start to construe this as also about Carly, where it's like someone made her so, like, unlikable that her best friend or however you want to construe that relationship with Carly left her like every one of her other fair-weathered friends, you know? And so Carly, her sunshine was gone, gone, gone. But she can't blame what Kim right. or which I think she gets into what Calvin says mm-hmm. uh, taking her friends away oh, yeah. like their weather friends mm-hmm. someone who you thought was really by your side really isn't mm-hmm. and I like how she also says in my feelings more than Drake because yes. we all know that Drake has the song called in my feelings and it's kind of he's talking to Kiki about you know do you really love me like is my love being reciprocated are we is it there and I'm sure she was like looking back at all this time you know like Carly left. Calvin is like turning her back. Like we thought it was like a amicable breakup, and then mm-hmm. you have Kim and Kanye, who she thought she, like that rift was repaired, and then she's just thinking like, were they even my friends? And she's yeah. replaying all of these memories probably in her mind, being like, oh my gosh, like it's not really there. Like what happened? They're just fake. And also, Kiki. A lot of people were thinking yes. Kiki was Kim Kardashian. <laughs> so just kind of like a little fun oh, I nod love that. to yeah. that. And also. It also brings in the lovely little jacket mm-hmm. on the Entertainment Weekly mm-hmm. where she had that Drake and we were like, that Drake pin. We're like, oh my gosh, is she going to be collaborating with Drake? Nope, she's just going to just call name drop his song out and relate it to what <laughs> she has going on right Which now. Which I love it because it's like, if it is, if this verse is dedicated to like Kanye, what's great is Kanye and Drake have beef. And like, you know, Taylor is so smart that she's, and very aware. I don't know Kanye and Kim have a Kanye. Oh, they and do. Drake well, mostly be. because of in my feelings when these rumors started to come out that Drake and Kim had an affair, and Kanye sort of went after him and was like, he went on a rant and like filmed it on his phone, like walking down the street where he was like, he called Drake Drake out. It wasn't nice. So mm. Drake landed in bad blood with um, Kanye, and so. It would be just like Taylor, I think, to have like a little double entendre there where it's like, yeah, I'm in my feelings, but also you, like this person who hates me also hates this guy, so we have this kindred spirit here. And then on top of that, 
The last time Taylor hung out with Drake was at Drake's birthday party, which she attended with Carly Kloss. So layers on layers on layers is what we're getting with this song. And we thought we were going to get a Drake and Taylor collaboration way back when, because there was that photo of them when they were, um, she had like some earphones Mm -hmm. on, it looked like they were in like a recording studio on his birthday. But, and then we go on to your name on my lips, Tongue Tied. Tongue Tied, I feel like, wraps up the Reputation era so good. (laughs) Yes. Because she didn't say anything. She didn't address anything. There was no explanation. There was just reputation. And I like that's If I had ex, I love you know, that. I do too. I love it. No, I think that's perfect. Because it is like, you could tell she'd always get antsy trying to explain like why she was upset. Mm-hmm. Like even the news, even the recent like cover articles she's done, she's described as sort of like anxious around the press or feeling like a little reserved and she gets sort of like you know tongue-tied well we did have that one I, scooter wasn't involved in here per se but when they brought scooter up in that cbs morning um <laughs> show she like she literally no longer tongue-tied she literally just <laughs> and stuck her tongue out it's like oh taylor you're back <laughs> but um then we get into the chorus which is i forgot that you existed and i thought that it would kill me but it didn't and it was so nice so peaceful and quiet I forgot that you existed. It isn't love. It isn't hate. It's just indifference. Which is such a great catch. Like, it's just, like, so catchy. You just immediately get it stuck in your head. Um, But I also think it's worth mentioning that in the original lyrics, which she had in her diary, it just, one of the lines, instead of I thought it would kill me, was I thought that I would miss you, but I didn't. And so I think that also points out that this isn't necessarily a breakup song. Like, I don't believe that it's really about Calvin and, like, Mm -hmm. and their breakup or missing him. I think it's more about these friends that she lost and realized, like, maybe she hadn't really had in the same way she thought, Um, which is kind of the perfect segue into the second verse, Mm -hmm. um, which is probably the most provocative one for me. Uh, She says, I forgot that you got out some popcorn as soon as my rep started going down, down, down. Laughed on the schoolyard as soon as I tripped up and hit the ground, ground, ground. And I would have stuck around for you. Would have fought the whole town. So yeah, would have been right there, front row. Even if nobody came to your show. But you showed who you are then one magical night. Oh, man, let's unpack this, okay? Because first, at, at first glance, I was like, oh, this is about Calvin Harris. He's a musician. She would have been at the front row of his show. And he literally, like, was tweeting all about uh-huh. it, which, like, reveling and everything. Yeah. yeah so but then yeah. I was like, why would Taylor ever go to her ex-boyfriend's show if the world came at him, you know? Or why would Taylor be, like, clearly this is pointed at the bystanders rather than the, like, true villain of the story which is like kim and kanye which started the snowball friends yeah Yeah. and so these are the people who are grabbing their popcorn sitting down watching her laughing at her fail because the people who are making her go down they're not sitting back and they're not eating popcorn they are there they are (laughs) instigating it they aren't taking a back seat yes and so it reminds me obviously calvin definitely was enjoying the twitter fallout he was tweeting taylor swift is over his friends were wearing taylor swift is over t-shirts in their snapchat but i mean carly was also part of the drama like towards the end of 2016 into 2017 where she was hanging out with 
Kendall, she said that Kim is a lovely person. She, like, hung out with Hailey Bieber, posted a birthday message to Scooter Braun. And she also hung out with Katy Perry around this time. Mm. This was before oh, they, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. became French fries and burgers. Like, <laughs> right. So she was making it very public and very aware of who she was with. And we didn't see any photos of her yes. and Taylor at all. Which is, this is where it's interesting to me, is this whole idea of, first of all, like, the imagery Taylor uses is that they're laughing on the schoolyard. Um, and Taylor often, often refers to her, like, past feeling like not one of the cool kids in school, mm-hmm. feeling a little bullied, even in her poem, If You're Anything Like Me, she mentions, like, that all of her friends um, won't fill the empty seats at the lunch tables of your past. And so she really uses, like, the school imagery to talk about friendship. And so I think, like, this verse is definitely about Carly for me, but not, like, in a romantic sense. Like, this isn't a Kaler moment. But it's more about that feeling when you realize, like, your friendship was less important to the other person than you maybe thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Because I think, like this idea of, oh, like, I would have fought the whole, t- whole town for you, which I think is, that's, like, such a raw, like, feeling is, like, oh, that's my person. Like, I'll go to bat for them. Like, I have their back. Ride or die, you know? Mm-hmm. And then she's, like, I would have been right there front row even if nobody came to your show. And Carly is a model who does runway shows constantly, and I think about how if the roles were reversed and Carly was canceled, Taylor still would have shown up, you know, Mm -hmm. front row, watching her, supporting her. And I think she's really, like, mourning this idea that Carly wasn't there for her in the same way that maybe she expected or needed when her reputation was going down. And so it's like, this is so unique to the song, because usually we're used to Taylor singing about romance and heartbreak and breakups. But this is more, like, such a real thing where, like, friendship is fragile and it just, like, really hurt her that she lost that. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because on the way here, I was thinking, like, okay, like, why would you go to Calvin's show? mm -hmm. And I've never really seen her at at Kanye shows ever. Even before this. So if she was going to be there front row, why wasn't she already there front row? But we saw, like, she would be on the sidelines for a lot of the stuff that had to do with, like, what Carly was at. Mm -hmm. And she has a lot of friends who are who were famous who still are famous who are musicians actors like who kind of like flittered away when all this happened so it just maybe it's like a little song to her, her squad yeah. <laughs> yeah well plus it's like carly was someone who had a room dedicated in yeah. taylor's house and then to have that whiplash of suddenly that friend not being around because oh they have to distance themselves for whatever reason it's like very shocking to the system and mm-hmm. i think she sings and writes about friendship so much that this one had to have hurt plus it's funny to think of you know the conclusion but you showed who you are comma then one magical night so it's not that you showed who you are on a magical night it's mm-hmm. like you showed who you were and then on this magical night dot 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 i forgot that you existed and I thought that it would kill me, but it didn't. And it was so nice, so peaceful and quiet, I forgot that you existed. And to me, it just reminds me so much of that time, like, when Reputation was happening and everyone was bothering, like, Carly, like, why haven't you been to a show? Like, are you going to a show? Are you guys still friends? Like, and they're always talking about how, oh, we're fine, but they're never seen together. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, randomly, one night, Carly goes to a Reputation concert. Yeah. 
And she takes a picture with Taylor and she posts all these lovey-dovey, like, oh, best friends type thing. Taylor doesn't say anything. She doesn't repost anything, doesn't like anything. She doesn't post her own photo with Carly. It's just silence. Are you doing what she said? You know, remember she was in that mode where she was stopped. She stopped reposting stuff. She stopped, Mm -hmm. you know, being so involved because she didn't want people to talk about what she wasn't posting Mm -hmm. was that in that era because we know that that night she also like or the night before she hosted a bridal shower for for carly i don't know it's just a it's just a provocative image to me because i feel like that would be a moment where you're like oh now she's pretending like she's all on board but where had she been when i like really needed her when it suits her the best yeah and the, the, the real thing is that we don't really know behind the scenes of everything Mm -hmm. because Taylor is so tight-lipped and it could be a totally different story but this is the most intriguing one yet (laughs) it definitely is and one thing I do like about this is how she says then one magical night because Mm -hmm. that's very polar from the night that Kim let everything oh yeah so it's kind of like she's like oh but then a magical night happened just like that terrible night and I just realized None of this matters. I'm over it. Yeah. You know, like maybe Carly's not here. Maybe like my reputation took a stab, but that was for the best. Mm-hmm. And it was it's really interesting when you get into it and you're talking about how it's about friends because there's the snapping, there's the giggling, and it's kind of more light and airy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, just kind of like imagine skipping alongside yeah. someone. Skipping down 16th Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> well, plus it's like, you also think about this line in the chorus, which is, I thought that it would kill me, but it didn't. And it's like, she didn't think that forgetting about Kanye would kill her. She wanted to forget about mm-hmm. Kanye. And like, she probably did forget about Calvin and was glad to because he was a terrible boyfriend, probably. So I could see that working more towards like maybe Calvin, but also like her friends and also Carly, where she's like, that was her whole world. She mm-hmm. was very dependent on those girlfriends. She loved her girl squad. She had them everywhere. She felt like she was finally living that feminist dream. And she thought losing them would kill her. But mm-hmm. then one magical night, she realized, oh, I'm fine. Well, she is. And I, what I like about Taylor Swift's relationship is that she did have all these like really like high-powered best friends. But then when you, like, kind of strip it down, Abby was already was always there. Mm-hmm. Ashley was there. You have, like, these friends who were there through, like, the thick and thin, like, Gigi stay. Mm-hmm. Like, there's these friends who were really true friends, and mm-hmm. that was what's so magical about this whole instance. So she found out who would, who, who were her ride and dies. Mm-hmm. And it, that's magical. Yeah. Find out who really, like, supports you. It's so Who's great. not there for your money or for your fame. Mm-hmm. Which is something she talks about in... Um, why she disappeared and how she like rose and rose slowly and realized like she had real love not just the idea of true love and I think that was obviously targeted towards Joe but it also fits with those friendships that mm-hmm. lasted and stood the storm um, and then you get into the bridge which is sent me a clear message taught me some hard lessons I just forgot what they were it's all just a blur. Blur. I like how she has... <laughs> blur. She, there's, like, little statements where she's just kind of, like, just indifferent. Yeah. <laughs> blur. Like, she just doesn't yeah. care. Yeah. Enunciation is for losers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it goes into the chorus. I forgot that you existed. I thought that it would kill me, but it didn't. And it was so nice, so peaceful and quiet. I forgot that you existed. I did, I did, I did. It isn't hate. It's just indifference. It isn't love, it isn't hate, it's just 
in difference. So yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is just yeah. I mean, I think this song is so fun. One because the sound and the energy and the themes, mm-hmm. but also because it's great to just sit here and imagine who this song is about and know that Calvin, Kim, Kanye, Carly, whoever else is listening to this and thinking like, oh my gosh, she's singing about me. She's still so obsessed with me. But the fact is, she's not singing about any one Mm-mm. person and she's sort of putting in this final dig at them, at their egos, that they think that they impacted her and like maybe that was true in the past, but now she's like, she doesn't even care enough to dedicate one full song to one person. She's just she like lumps them all in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's like, you guys read into this. I don't give enough. Like I'm out of here. <laughs> Someone's like, you have to address it, Taylor. She's like, fine. Yeah. Only one song. She has 18 tracks. Mm-hmm. She could have fit another mm-hmm. one in. Yeah. And I thought she was going to with Pearl <laughs> Summer. But she didn't. Yeah. No, she's like, you know what? I said what I needed to say. I went through all the pain. I wrote my poems. I got all that tension out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, hmm, I'm fine. She is. <laughs> she's making making love it. money. And that's what she's doing. Oh, yeah. So that is the song. I know. I she forgot does. that you existed. I mean, it's so fun. <laughs> but um, we love doing this lyrical analysis. We think it is so fun to not only talk through the taste planning of the week, talking about what she's doing, what she's getting on, but also to just do these deep dive on these lyrics to show how like talented a songwriter she mm-hmm. is and how interesting and vibrant her diaristic like style makes her songs. I know. It's beautiful. But... First, let's get into tea time. Oh, and we have so much oh, man. tea. This we have tea is hot. high tea today. <laughs> yeah. um, we all know right now, spoiler alert, that Taylor, she's going to be performing at the Melbourne Cup Carnival on November 4th. Uh, she was quoted in the Herald Sun saying, I can't wait to come to Melbourne and I <laughs> can't wait to, oh, hold on a second. She was quoting in the Herald Sun saying, I can't wait to come to Melbourne, and I can't wait to come to the Melbourne Cup. I've heard so much about the race. <laughs> now, I just want to ask you this question, Taylor. Have you, though? <laughs> because as soon as that was released, I heard a lot about the race um, from a lot of Swifties. Oh, yeah. But maybe let's just go into the Melbourne Cup, a.k.a. the race that stops a nation. Uh, <laughs> do you know what it is? I mean, I know it's a horse. It's a thoroughbred yeah. horse race. Yeah. So it is this big like to-do in, um, in Australia and even New Zealand, too. Um, so she is performing at the carnival, the Melbourne Carnival, and the carnival is four days and it highlights four different races. And one of the races is the huge one, the Melbourne Cup. Um, and just so you know what the carnival is described on the website, it says Australia's most loved and iconic world-class event. Mm-hmm. The Melbourne C- Cup Carnival is an incredible event that combines sport, entertainment, fashion, and food in all one place. The stunning <laughs> Flemington race course glamorous, refined, and full of history, the Melbourne Cup Carnival is a must-do event for Melbournians and visitors alike. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And what happens in the race is um, you have a jockey riding on a horse, and they're, like, just speeding down, and um, the jockeys don't own the horses. Mm -hmm. Um, To quote one um, Twitter person, 
rich white men who don't care about the horses <laughs> own the horses because yeah. what they're doing is that you have 24 racers who are what, trying to be the first 10 horses cross that finish line because if they do they get a sum of money that's taken out of eight million dollar like mm-hmm. jackpot mm-hmm. the first horse the winner gets um i think it's 4.4 million and then it's yeah. divided evenly and the jockey gets about i think 10 percent of that but that that money goes directly to right. you know the people who <laughs> own the horses and to get a little into how important the melbourne cup is i did some research so i might like america Marisplain it, American explain <laughs> it to to everyone. And you know, I know we have a few Australian listeners, so if I mess anything up, <laughs> but it's a pretty big day in Australia. It's the first Tuesday of November. It's a public holiday. People actually get it off. Mm. So can you imagine? I don't know, Super Bowl being on like a Monday <laughs> or Tuesday and getting that off. I I'm w- sure America would do it, but I'm just, I, I really wouldn't care about doing that. I mm. but about a hundred thousand people actually attend the Flemington race course. It's kind of been going downhill. Um, I think eighty six thousand attended last time, and that's like the lowest number since uh, nineteen ninety six. And I think a lot of it has to do with how the horses the are treated. Yeah. You know. The race is televised to an audience of 650 million people, like, worldwide. However, you know, we wonder what the controversy is, and it, is it just for fun and games? Ooh, you know, for the owners and people are betting, because it's huge, people just throw money at it, it's fun and games. But for the horses, it's not. Mm-hmm. I just read an article in The Guardian, and it said, six horses have died as a direct result of injuries sustained from the Melbourne Cup since 2013. Six horses in six years. Last year, the Cliffsomorher, a horse, <laughs> was euthanized on the racetrack after fracturing his right shoulder. It's right. just, it's sad. And these animals are forced to race against one another at, like, really high speeds. It's yeah. just kind of, like, I mean, horse race. Yeah. It's interesting to see how swift, <laughs> not yeah. to make a pun, um, the backlash was among Swifties towards Taylor condoning oh, yeah. this event yeah because we have all of this like controversy people i didn't know any of this controversy at all mm-hmm. and it just kind of like leaked out right not leaked out flooded. i mean it is like it is sort of weird because taylor has done she did the nascar event which was super random mm-hmm. she did the amazon prime concert which amazon is horrible towards their um staff and it's just it's not a great company so it's not like she's not done things that could have been construed Mm -hmm. in such a way it's interesting that this one caught so much attention oh yeah um which i guess it just means that the swifties we follow like are very aware of this derby and like care a lot about it because like you said the kentucky derby still happens and it just like I don't even know if it's an event necessarily where, like, celebrities, like, perform, where they could get someone of Taylor Swift's caliber to perform. I don't think they do. So, so for people who aren't really, who aren't online or who aren't really in the, you know, the the Swifty fandom Mm -hmm. online, as soon as this was announced, people were tweeting (laughs) hate to Taylor Swift. People were urging her to stop to, you know, because she cares so much about her cats. And they're like, if you care about your cats, you know, you're an animal lover. Why would you Mm -hmm. condone this? Why are you going to go to um, a show? She's going to play two songs. So not even like really a concert. Why are you 
Why are you going? Why even bother? And yeah. so, someone, I, I read on Twitter, it was supposed, she's getting paid. I don't, I can't confirm this, but a $1.5 million. I'm sure. Yeah. And people are like, if you were getting paid $1.5 million, <laughs> wouldn't you go? And I'm like, yeah, I would go, but I don't have <laughs> the millions of dollars that Taylor Swift has. Right, it's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. I mean, what was also interesting is the split in the fandom, because obviously you had a lot of Australian Swifties and other Swifties who were like, don't support this, this is animal abuse. And then people were coming at them and being like, if you eat animals, you don't get an opinion about oh, this. <laughs> let's break this down. Do you want to get into it, maybe? I, I just don't, I don't agree with either of those, so, really. You should have said no, like, stop, think. I think that's something um, we realized through doing this podcast and getting into the stan culture is a lot of people have a lot of opinions, and mm-hmm. they're very quick to tweet it out to the masses, and that leads to a lot of uh, cancel culture, or feeling victimized, or getting in over your head a little bit, and I or think people bullying too. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. It, people do get victimized. They are, you know, very self-aware, very like hurt really fast. But you also have a person on the other side oh, who's sure. very quick to pull a trigger and to bully people. <laughs> yes, we all have strong opinions. Like I think um, social media is such an interesting world, and obviously with something like this sort of drama where people don't want Taylor to do this one thing, it suddenly snowballs into lines being drawn you're either for taylor and support her like a hundred percent or you're a fake fan or you're just doing this for attention and you don't actually care about animals like this is just a trendy thing to get on board with so you can end up in a buzzfeed article and so i mean (laughs) that is just like that is our fandom right like that is the standum but that's what's great that fuels our tea time every week so we're grateful but We also are excited because we want to introduce a new segment called Should Have Said Nope, where we visit some of the crazy Swifty scandals that are happening um, when they happen. I mean, there have been so many Swifty scandals in this year alone. Oh, yeah. This summer. This summer. This cruel summer. We have so many people who have been bullied and victimized. Whether you're on Tumblr, whether you're on Twitter, maybe on Instagram. Someone says something and suddenly they're just, it's a whole event. They're canceled. <laughs> you canceled. But should have said nope is going to be a chance for us to kind of unpack that, look at both sides, see who's in the wrong, who's in the right, or if we're all just flawed humans, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but thank you all for listening. We hope you're excited about our new look. And let us know what you think via email. We're at swiftishpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to find us on Instagram, on Tumblr, at Swiftish Podcast, on Twitter, at SwiftishPod13. And of course, if you're really feeling it, go to Apple Podcasts, scroll all the way down, and leave us a review. But until next time, I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. And Taylor, we couldn't get away from ya. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh...